Hello everyone and welcome to the Middle East and North Africa Social Policy Network podcast series. We hope you enjoy this episode. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and follow us on social media. For more information, please visit our website at www.menasp.com. Welcome to the third podcast on the role of social policy in promoting human security in the MENA region. This was part of a roundtable organized by both the HCCA Thematic Group Human Security and the Early Career Researchers Initiative at the MENA Social Policy Network. My name is Tamara Cole, and together with Dr. Noor Alabas, I'm an ECR representative. The podcast series consists of four parts. In each, we have one speaker presenting his or her thoughts on the topic. For this podcast, I would like to introduce Dr. Wali Aslam. Dr. Wali Aslam is an Associate Professor in International Relations at the University of Bath. His research focuses on international conflict and security studies. Together with Dr. Rana Jawad, he is a co-investigator on the research project Social Protection and Sustainable Peace in the Middle East and North Africa region, Building a New Welfare-Centered Politics, which is funded by the British government's Global Challenges Research Fund. Thank you, Tamara. And thank you, everybody, for joining. Um, It's a great pleasure to be here. Uh, I am based at the Department of Politics, Languages and International Studies at the University of Bath. And uh, we are partners with uh, Dr. Rana Jawad, who is based in social policy. She is our principal investigator, and I'm one of the co-investigators on the MENA social protection uh, project that uh, GCRF project that Rana talked about earlier. So the role that we are playing in our politics and IR department on this project is bringing the international perspective um, and the perspective of uh, global conflicts and global security angle um, to the issues of uh, social protection (laughs) and uh, of course, human security. And that is what I'll be doing in this talk, brief talk as well, uh, in which, you know, bring that international political angle on the issues of social policy and human security in the MENA region. So when we talk about social policy and human security, the, shall we say, the elephant in the room, or probably one of the biggest issues to discuss is the idea of uh, state capacities. And state capacities, of course, remain one of the key uh, determinants of how the, the, the policies will deliver. And the, first of all, they'll be created and built and they, how they will be delivered. So when to bring the international perspective on state capacities, what we need to do is we need to look at the contemporary international political scenario and look at broader threats uh, to state capacities that we are facing going forward, um, basically looking at the last couple of decades and going forward. And then what are the opportunities that we see in the international political realm uh, or the international political world uh, to enhance or strengthen those state capacities? So in the next um, few minutes, I will just talk about uh, those uh, two points separately. So first looking at the threats to state capacities and then looking at the opportunities that we have. One of the biggest issues, or shall we say the threats to state capacities in the MENA region is this huge geopolitical shift that we are witnessing, we are experiencing 
uh, in global politics uh, currently as we speak. So the last two decades were uh, all about terrorism and counterterrorism. You know, those of us who were studying international relations, we were bombarded from every every side about you know security and terrorism and you know very much state centered idea of how to how, and, and very much traditional idea of how to ensure security. So that of course has its roots in the 9/11 attacks, but the process of course can be can can you can take it back you know as far back as the Second World War onward. And again, I don't want to discuss the historical perspective at this stage. But what we are seeing uh, with the arrival of the new administration in the White House, and that started with Trump, but it's been escalated, uh, is this huge shift towards um, the angle of great power politics. So the idea of global war on terrorism is, is, is going down in significance, and it is giving space to this huge new emerging phenomena of great power politics and the emergence of these camps. You know, one is the China slash Asian Southeast Asian camp, and then you have the Western camp. And of course, Russia is somewhere, you know, on the Chinese side as well. Now, how is that uh, relevant to what we are discussing here? It is relevant to what we are discussing here because for good or for bad reasons, um, a focus on the global war on terrorism did keep a focus on the issue of state capacities in the MENA region for the last 20 years because this very critical idea that we link back to the Bush doctrine is that if you have weak states or fragile states or states with weaker capacities, they are potentially a threat to not only their own populations, but also to the Western security. And of course, that at least put attention on uh, the issue of state capacities. Of course, I'm not saying that that actually helped in building state capacities, but at least that attention was there uh, in the focus. And as a result of that, we saw a massive effort being put into building state institutions. And of course, uh, as disastrous as it was, the Iraq war, but we also saw concurrent funding going into multiple and basically opening up these states like Afghanistan and to some extent other countries as well, opening up to um, modernization or bringing some kind of modern modernity to the institutions of state capacities. And this whole phenomena is of course under threat now because now the focus is shifting away. Western military establishments and security establishments are almost bored of terrorism and counterterrorism, and they want to play bigger games, you know, quote unquote. Uh, so that is one of the big issues, big one of the big threats to uh, state capacities, which we fear that you know the focus will shift away. The second big threat that I see going forward, and that again has happened in the last eight to ten years, is the rise of uh, popular popular nationalist governments. And again, they are happening. That that is not only happening in Europe and North America, but also in multiple parts of. Latin America and Asia as well. But a significant side effect of that development taking place in the West is the huge hit that we are seeing as we speak to overseas assistance funding. Uh, and that of course is critical to building state capacities in the MENA region. And that is you know, this rise of popular nationalism uh, or populist governments at home uh, the, and the idea that there is a need to uh, put your country first and uh, the far off distant places don't uh, you can't just pay attention to them and forget your own um, responsibility so that is again a second big threat that i will say that uh, we have going forward 
And of course, the third obvious big threat is the uh, global economic slowdown. And what happens with the, as the result of the slowdown is the local governments at the national level in MENA, uh, at the regional level, and of course, at the Western level, and there is far less money to spend on the development side or to, on the human security side when you are coping with bare minimum, like we say with the case of Lebanon, when you're coping with bare minimum to run the basic affairs of a state, you know, like uh, keeping, the, keeping the streets clean or keeping the basic, basic services going. So it looks like some of the lofty goals or some of the more important goals look like, you know, too hard to, to pay attention to or too, too ambitious for the time being. So, so these are some of the international, if you look from the international political angle, these are some of the threats that we, that we have. But having said that, we also have a number of emerging opportunities coming that we have seen in the last few years. And of course, they will take more of a center stage. One of those opportunities of collective action and building state capacities is of course related to climate change. And nobody can deny the awareness that the issue of climate change brings and the, act the activism that comes with it. What we also need to remember is the byproduct or the side effect or an added advantage of this discussion over climate change, that what it does is it builds an, a, an international consensus on the need for a collective change, the need for communication, the need for coming together and the need for doing something together collectively. And that is a byproduct of the awareness over uh, climate change. So when you bring people together or when people come together, they don't only discuss just one narrow aspect of global warming, you know, or um, people getting becoming homeless because of floods and so on. There is a broader global dialogue and global discussion happening or taking place on the street as well as online. And I think there is a huge potential to be built on that um, collective effort. Okay, I think I think we really need to look at the broader picture and not just focus on the narrow aspect of the climate change or, or, or the politics of environment, but look at the opportunities that bringing together of people gives us for that broader dialogue. So this dialogue is, is, is essential. Secondly, another opportunity, of course, is given by the current pandemic, which has really shown us that human beings are essentially links in a chain. And... Uh, if one link is weak in one part of the world, then it has an effect overall. But again, one byproduct of this uh, pandemic has been that it has exposed deeper weaknesses that have, been, have remained unaddressed for a long time, but they need to be addressed in order to have sustainable and, uh, and resilient societies that are, of course, inherently peaceful in the longer term, because we also know that these issues have direct linkages with conflict. Um, of course, inequalities and inequities have direct linkages uh, with conflict as well. Like, and again, that side effect of the pandemic and uh, efforts to curb that pandemic, I think we should also value that and the, and the importance that we can place to the deeper weaknesses. I think that again is a, is a key element that we need to uh, look at. So the, those deeper weaknesses can be of course poverty related and lack of opportunity related. So again, this opportunity can be grasped if, if there is a will. Um, so looking at deeper weaknesses and working collectively, as I said, with regard to climate action. So just to coming coming to words, I'm, I'm just at my 10 minute spot. Um, just, to, just to conclude my key point, I think there is this slightly worrying, uh, worrying 
awareness, shall we say, or worrying feeling that we, we can say is developing that, or, or can we say an, an illusion is developing uh, that uh, with this, with this huge new challenges that I talked about emerging, Mina is no longer as significant or as relevant, you know, be it um, issues of uh, issues of uh, terrorism or global terrorism, or be it the issues of um, great power politics and so on. And of course, that is basically an illusion. And we know that uh, the focus has to remain on Mina and the recent uh, conflict in Gaza is just one, one small example that the importance of MENA cannot go down in significance and it has to stay on. And we should also be wary that when we take our focus away and we look the other way, that opens, opens risks for abuse by local actors and by regional actors or by international actors who are uh, who set to benefit if people are not looking basically, who set to, there is, of course, we don't need to talk about the whole issues of, you know, state level corruption, mafias, and all sorts of complications. So I think we will have, a, have we will be facing a big loss or we'll, there'll be, there is a fear that if we take the focus away from MENA going forward, um, tackling all these other developments that I talked about, I think in the longer term, that will be far more counterproductive and we will come back to uh, where we started. So these are some of my comments. Thank you. Very happy to hear any questions you have. With that, I would like to thank Dr. Wali Aslam for sharing his thoughts. For the next podcast, we will have Dr. Natalie Milbach-Boucher, who will bring the topic back to the work of UNDP in the region, the same organization with whom it all started. We hope you will join us then.